Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jody Paul. Welcome to episode 132. On this episode, we have gone to Netflix. No, we haven't. We have gone to Amazon Prime to watch Bones and All. In our Something to Scream About, we're going to be talking deep dive into the latest season of Black Mirror, the first two episodes, and our movie from The Vault, which Butch picked from last episode, was Alligator. Alligators in the sewer. Chomping on my bottom. <laughs> and Geordie oh. Paul's alive. He has risen I, from the dead. I am alive. Woo! So all my adoring public, thanks for all the hundreds and thousands of messages I've received this week asking if I'm okay. Um, Did somebody send you a reef as well? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, got a lot going on, a lot going on in my life. But uh, yeah, no, I missed it. Um, and my pick. But I'm glad you guys enjoyed the film. So, yeah. so you know, we got a big, massive message from uh, Steve Newbold on uh, Instagram, like all about the crow. So he wants to hear your take. So let's give him what he wants. What's your take on the crow? My take is uh, it's just a bloody brilliant film. It's perfectly cast, perfectly shot. Ten out of ten. Unbelievable. Yeah, Boom. makes you wa- makes you want to be a goth, even though I've never really wanted to be a goth in my life. But yeah, uh, and I love it. And I still, it's got one of the best lines in cinema ever. Of it can't rain all the time. I love that one. So yeah, no, ten out of ten. Not shout not, out to Steve. Not firing up. Well, yeah, the Jesus joke always cracks us up as well. You know, have had okay. chance to listen to the, the episode without you yet. I've listened to bits of it, but I was too traumatized that i missed an episode to really give it a <laughs> why <are> we <laughs> am i still part of the podcast am i <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you surprised i'm back <laughs> if you didn't listen matt, matt said you'd crash and burn so i was like matt he's on a plane right now you can't really fucking say that <laughs> well like the messiah i've risen again so fuck you <laughs> yeah man so I, I, we're back well i survived as well we've had a stag do we all survived that. Thanks for appreciate that, uh, Matt, and uh, my other best man, Dan. Who tell you, you know, what? Not for the one of it. nature trying though. Fucking hell, we not got all nearly got struck by lightning on the last day. Remember that? We should have shot a horror movie where we was where we were. It was just like the the natural atmosphere of the fucking caught in a storm in the middle of a fucking wood. It's great. <laughs> you got wood in the middle of the storm as well. Yeah, of course, I did. Love, love a storm, me. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like last couple of weeks, I mean, I've watched a bit of Black Mirror, but I haven't really watched much else. Um, any of you boys watched any other things? Well, I, I'm going to cheat a bit. I'm going to cheat because obviously I haven't really watched anything last week, but I watched a bit two weeks ago. So I'm just going to bring them in. So just catching up on a lot of stuff I haven't seen for the past couple of years, really a couple of things that you guys have done on the podcast. So uh, I watched old, uh, that dropped out on Netflix, M night Shyamalan film. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I just thought I enjoyed it. I just thought the end, whereas normally I quite like the endings of his films. This one was a bit too wrapped up and nice. I thought it could have been a bit bleaker, but yeah, some great, Great ideas in it. Do you mean M. Night Shyamalan? Well, if that's how you say it, yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> He's been practising that, hasn't he? 
in front of the mirror every day. <laughs> I really, I really have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, I saw Freaky uh, with Vince Vaughn, um, and yeah, I mean, I, it sounds really bad to say it's like bang average. I thought it was, but in a good way, I enjoyed it in an average way, if that makes sense. But I thought there was some really good. Um, Really good gore in it as well. Um, and Vince Vaughn looked like he was having an absolute blast. So, yeah, it was quite good. So it's definitely worth a watch, just as a sort of don't really have to think about it or anything. Um, it wouldn't be me on the podcast without mentioning something <laughs> childish that I watched with the Little Ends. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, the, last year, I think they brought it out as Lego Star Wars, like a Halloween version, Terrifying Tales. Yeah. So we watched that. And have you seen it? Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, Matt, yeah. you need to watch it, right? Because there's a Star Wars Lost Boys crossover. No way, really. I'm telling you now, it is, and it's so well done, you will absolutely love it. So oh, it's it's very good. So yeah, def- definitely watch that. Um, <laughs> I watched Star Star Trek First Contact with the Borg in it. That's a bit horry, but I know how you feel about Star Trek. Mm. Um, one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. I watched Gallo Walkers starring Wesley Snipes, and it is shit. Just don't bother. It's terrible. <laughs> and I don't know. It was just on the TV. It was a horror film. I thought, sod it. I'll watch it. And it was absolute dog shit. So enough said about that. And then lastly, I watched uh, Ben Wheatley's In the Earth. That came on Netflix. I've been wanting to say that for ages. Obviously, it was the film shot through COVID. Um, and it's definitely worth a watch, guys. There's some really, really good bits in it. It's quite unsettling, quite unnerving. Um, I'm amazed it doesn't come with an epilepsy warning. I, I'm amazed because it's there's some like strobing in it. It's really intense and actually give me a bit of a bad head. So it's one of them films designed to sort of knock you off off kilter. Um, but it's it's not as weird as some of his stuff is. It's it's a bit more sort of straight laced, but it, you can tell it's him at the same time. So it's definitely worth a watch. So yeah, that was that was me over the past two weeks. Cool, cheers, bud. I think I'll watch in the earth, and I'm going to watch the Poughkeepsie tapes before the next episode. Matt, you watched anything decent? Not really, no. I've been very, very busy. You watched The Flash, and I've seen Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, I've watched The Flash, yeah. yeah. Any good? Like, I mean, Into the Spider-Verse. Well, mm. across the Spider-Verse, as we might know. <laughs> <laughs> the new fucking Spider-Man thing. <laughs> Wasn't practising that in the mirror, was he? <laughs> um, I did watch The King as well with uh, Timothy Chal- uh, Chalamet. Um, and Robert has a bit of Robert Patterson in there as well. Um, that was good. I, I, I put that off for a while. It's like obviously, um, was it King Henry or something like that? I don't know. So, you know, so it's like a, a little bit to pick historical epic war movie, basically. So it's a lot, you know, expects not horror. Expect lots of blood and gore. Um, anyway, there we go. Moving on swiftly on. Let's uh, let's move on to some news. Anyone got some newsy, newsy, news, news? Uh, Mr. Peel Stevens, you got anything? Well, yeah, so thank you for letting me go first. I only have one bit of news, but it's uh, <laughs> worldwide news. Um, hot off the press, uh, Linda Hamilton has been confirmed that she is starring in the next Stranger Things series, whenever the writers write it and it gets made. But Linda Hamilton <laughs> will be in it. So I thought that was quite cool. Another another 80s sort of icon in it. Um, so, yeah, who who she's playing, nobody knows. Is she a bad guy? Is she a good guy? Don't know. Yeah, so that was my bit of news. I watched a couple of cool trailers. Craven the Hunter, Marvel, um, has just come out, and that looks very, very mature, is what I say at the moment. We'll see. 
It and looks I, like there's one scene that's very mature, Paul. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we, you know, I, it's got potential to be a bit of blood and gore. Um, I like Aaron uh, Stephen. Is it Aaron Taylor Johnson? Taylor Johnson? Yeah, I like him. I mean, he's played Quicksilver and Kick-Ass. He's already done a couple of uh, superhero jobs, so he's not shying away from it. He's built like a brick shit house at the moment, so why not? To be uh, fair, Paul, I've seen, I have seen the trailer. I thought the trailer was quite good, but Morbius, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I can't get sucked into it. I know I'll go and see it and watch it, but yeah. Mm. Russell Crowe's well. Don't know. Russell Crowe seems to be I've forgot how to act properly. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I watched The Pope's Exorcist at some point as well, so just to annoy Matt. Um, another trailer and one that was um, our fave uh, Barbara Crompton is, uh, which is in, and Heather Graham. Um, Suitable Flesh is just played at the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh, I, love, and, I love Barbara Crompton. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, this. This fucking movie looks like a an absolute joy. It looks like a, I don't know, I would say like an absolute Ty West sort of slasher thing going on. It's really, really interesting. I don't know. The director's Joe Lynch, who's done like, who did oh, Mayhem. Yeah. You know Mayhem. Joe Lynch. Yeah. yeah, Mayhem. So, I mean, I mean, it looks really interesting. Heather Graham in a fucking horror. Um, and I think she's, she's the, I can't work out if she's the protagonist or the antagonist yet. Um, but it looks very, very interesting. The, um, little synopsis they've got is a psychiatrist becomes obsessed with one of her young clients with multiple personalities so it looks very interesting um yeah I, i'm all for that I, I predict that that may end up at fright fest this year with the timing and, and i can't really see it coming out just before then so we shall see um other than that i think that might be all of uh all of what i've got so matt you got anything i've only got one bit Second Sight Films have just announced It Follows box set on 4K HD and Blu-ray. It's going to be released on the 28th of August. And it looks sweet. I mean, that's three days before my wedding, I'm just saying. <laughs> Available at all good places. I have two people on the podcast who work for some kind of company that may be able to get a hold of it. It looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, it looks no, that's, amazing. that's that's all the news I've got. But that, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be purchasing that for sure. All right. Well, let's get on to our uh, main review. There's a lover in the story, but the story's still the same. There's a lullaby for suffering and a paradox to blame. I didn't know I had permission to murder and to maim. You want it darker? We kill the flame. You don't think I'm a bad person? All I think is that I love you. You look like the kind that's convinced himself he's got this under his thumb. He but you pull on one little thread and... I'm ready. My lord. Magnified, sanctified, be the holy name. Vilified, crucified in the human frame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. Love will set you free. 
Okay, so on this episode, we have gone to Amazon Prime to watch a movie called Bones and All. I know we're a little bit late to the party on this one, but we did actually want to go and watch this at the cinema when it came out, but there was a lot on. So we kind of, I think Jory Paul might have seen it, but me and Butch had too much on at the time, we missed it. So it's come to Amazon Prime. So a little synopsis, a young woman embarks on a thousand mile odyssey through America where she meets a dis- disenfranchised drifter, but all roads lead back to their terrifying past to, fi- to a final stand that will determine whether love can survive their otherness. Yeah, stars the um, absolutely amazing uh, Timothy Chalamet and um, also Mark Taylor Russell. Taylor Russell and Mark Rylance. Rylance? Right. Yep. First thing I want to say is where is Mark Rylance? I mean, I've had a look through IMDb after this. Mark Rylance. We know he did Ready, Ready Player One. Yeah. He's fucking old. Right. I feel like he should have like this really epic kind of Steven Spielberg um, repertoire on his CV. And he hasn't. So has he just been he's like... He's a BFG, he, man. Yeah, but he's been like... He's done like a yeah, film. Yeah, he, he kind like, of got film fame at the end of his kind of... Well, yeah. not the end of his... But later in life, shall we say. He's incredible what he's doing at the moment. I mean, this movie was... It's like all... It's not all over the place, but it does kind of transport you around in sort of... In different emotions and 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 feelings, etc. Um, it sort of it it centers around. Um, Is it Marin? But Marin, um, played by Taylor Russell, who's fucking incredible in this, and she it's really like a sort of coming of age uh, movie around sort of trying to deal with almost finding a way to kind of deal with something that's quite bizarre and a quite an interesting ailment. And I, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're sort of cannibals, really, the eaters, as they sort of um, call them, call themselves and stuff like that. And there's more of them, and it's sort of like how they go about their lives and with this particular fetish, um, and, you know. And it was very, it very, it felt very Doctor Sleep with Mark Rylance in it. It felt very like he was sort of like you almost felt that he was like. Um, what was her name? The Hat role. Rose, Rose, the, Rose hat. the Hat role, but very, very much darker than her, which is kind of saying something. I really found it captivating. I really did. Really enjoyed this one. It's, it's interesting to say that, Paul, obviously, because I, I saw it ages ago in the, uh, the cinema, and then I obviously rewatched it. Um, it's very, I thought at the time, and I still do. I couldn't believe when I first saw it. I thought it was going to be a hundred percent. Is this adapted from a Stephen King story? Yeah. Because I just thought watching it going, this is very in, or it's inspired or it, it just very Stephen King. Just that whole like group of different people, the eaters. You're not really sure what they are. Obviously, they eat people, but are they vampires? Is it a zombie? Is it? Uh, they don't really go into it. It's just they're there. And this whole, like, they can sense, or some of them can sense when they're around and all that type. It was very Stephen King. Um, but, yeah, I, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful film. I mean, beautiful as well. Shot unbelievably. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you get Mara, don't you? And she sort of, she, you think she's a bit, uh, what, 
what's the word, awkward in herself. And then she obviously goes to a uh, sleepover and then essentially, what, bites a girl's finger off, which was yeah. fucking brutal. Well, yeah, and it's and that scene, I thought there was there was like because I didn't really know what to expect, and then I thought that they were getting quite friendly. <laughs> I thought they were like having going to have a little bit of a teenage kiss, and then no, <laughs> she goes for the finger instead. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I better step in quick before we get cancelled. I fucking I love this film. I thought it was fucking absolutely brilliant, and I'm so glad I missed it at the cinema. But yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic, like like literally amazing. Mark Rylance, which we'll get on into a bit, fucking creeped the fuck out of me. Really creeped me out. Like his forebodingness and fucking creepiness was spot on. Just chewing that scenery up. But um, yeah, I just thought it was really clever because. I can see what you mean by the Stephen King thing as well. It's like the setting, isn't it? And where it's set as well across. It's kind of a road movie. Um, and I like the themes throughout it as well. It's like, you know, it. yeah, the whole thing, it doesn't touch on why they're cannibals, but it's not about that. That's not the story. The story is obviously, and the theme for it is like, you know, who's normal and who who, who wants to be normal and, should you just be yourself and should you just expect uh, accept yourself for who you are like that whole running theme for it but yeah that that bit going back to that finger bit i didn't even see that coming i was like i was you know i was just like oh shit straight into it like really good i love the premise around it i just i really thought it was clever yeah and it's done by the director who did suspirius so i'm gonna try and say his name lucia Gradadino or something like that um and it was billed as like a romantic horror film and we weren't even sh- we were not sure I think that's maybe why we watch so many of the other movies that are about we we're like okay maybe we can maybe this one isn't for us but this is a regret I suppose for not sort of being able to tackle this one because this is I think this came out around the same time as um you know Halloween ends <laughs> um so this is something completely different i love the journey that they both went on i love the relationships that were sort of built on the on the stage mark ryland and trying to befriend and trying to get some kind of which we assume is like a father-daughter relationship um (laughs) don't know don't know no no anyone don't trust anyone with a rat tail is probably the moral of of this or a person that carries around only tales of their victims maybe but it's weird, though, isn't it? Because I suppose this is where the creepiness comes from, is because she doesn't actually know what's going on. And her, father, her dad, obviously, she's on a road trip to go to her mother. That's the, the purpose. She thinks that by finding her mother, she's going to get all the answers because she was sort of left with her dad. And her sort of dad knows that there's something wrong with her, but probably doesn't really understand what it is. Um, and the fact that she meets him, and he's sort of, like you said, it's that father figure type of... Almost like... You know, he's like, come and eat, eat somebody with me and I'll show you what you are. So he essentially shows her what she is, which then sort of puts her down this path. But yeah, he's so, so creepy. With Sully. Oh, God. With, but she's, she's trying, to, she is trying to run away from it. There, we find out throughout the movie that there are other bits and, and you know, he, the dad abandons her and leaves her with a, um, a cassette tape and a, and a load of cash and sort of it's explaining that, you know, he knew 
that stuff was happening through her life that she was hiding from him because he thought he, she had it in control. And she's still, but she's still sort of running away from it. She's still not dealing with it. She's hoping the answer is with her mum. Um, and then obviously she meets um, Timothy Chalamet's character, um, and they sort of start a sort of Bonnie and Clyde cannibal run, <laughs> in a way, sort of embracing it together and going through it together because he's got, you know, with this you know ailment things happen in their lives and you know there are tragedies in both of their lives and it's sort of like them dealing with it together um and they go through and you know as a typical road movie stuff happens along the road in carnivals (laughs) wanked off in a fucking in the middle of a field and then just like munching on the fucking munching on this guy they're both going and she's still kind of reluctant he's more into it he's sort of a little bit more acceptance he kind of has to because I think they meet in like what a, a store she's trying to steal stuff. Um, and, and he's sort of, and they are going for that, okay, this guy's a douchebag sort of feel. You know, like, okay, they're not pure evil, the people that they're, they're killing, but they're not very nice people. But I think yeah. that's, that's how he justifies it, isn't it? Because when he was a kid, he got abused, mm. or his dad beat him up. And obviously, as the film goes on, his dad disappeared randomly. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, you know, you later on, he admits that, yeah, he, um and i think that's how he justifies that existence of just drifting along there's, there's an element of like being a sort of a like you said a red boy element to it where he gets a vic- you know that's how he gets his victims and justifies it that way um and i suppose that's how she gets in her head that these aren't nice people they're not treating people so you know what uh, i found what i found big time on this i'm sorry i'm getting feedback i don't know why it's gone okay what I found on this movie, especially in one bit, is where they are they're pulled up and they meet those two other guys that interact with them. That one is uh, an eater, and the other is just purely there for the fucking kicks. That whole that, scene uh, is so like fucking like I don't know what's the word I'm looking for unnerving eerie and uh, yeah weird it's like because the guy what's the weird. guy what's the guy called that is one of the, the main guy uh, is it michael stolberg that's it yeah he's in boardwalk empire he's such that's a good it, yeah actor. he's creepy as fuck and i don't know what they've done to him but they they kind of like made him even more like gaunt and white and he just he was creepy that bit really creeped me out because he didn't know what was going to happen um and it was again it just it puts you in that that edge of of like what the fuck's gonna happen it's not gonna end good because these two are not up to any good and then it kind of takes a heel turn so the guy with the overalls we're talking about the eater that was michael what you yeah yeah the guy with the blonde hair in borg empire that we're talking about in borg empire oh he's um he's uh... he's like a fixer isn't he He's like the accountant dude from Chicago. Uh, Rothstein, Rothstein in it. it. Arnold Rothstein in Boardwalk Empire. Okay, fine. He's in Doctor Strange as well. Mm. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that was very... And then, obviously, they they do a runner on them because that's when the Bones for All comes up. They eat everything. Well, that, yeah, apparently... No, nothing left. Which they don't believe in. It's just, like, whether it's made up or not. (laughs) It's like... It's... Well, see, yeah, because it's that's how you leave no trace right 
<laughs> Don't leave anything yeah. behind. Weird. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, I, I I named that bit the groupie and the bone eater. <laughs> yeah, the bit where he's running after. It really unnerved me. The bit where he's running, like they're getting away, and he's actually running after them, making like the weird noises. Yeah, that freaked me out. I mean, it was too far. It was too close to hillbillies for my liking. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's an uncut version but we get we get like the you know and i think the it's really important to talk about the palette in this movie as well the palette is very very interesting cinematography is very very beautiful um but like i just felt like they gave a very good impression of being un, like really dirty i just felt that they were just even there, there was i just felt that there was just a layer of grime on, on them both throughout they just it's just like the sweat it's, very, the it's a real sweaty movie yeah it? yeah it really is like indie <laughs> grimy sweaty movie and it, it comes across really well doesn't it like yeah. it's, it's it, when it needs to be dirty you feel dirty and it's like because the whole film there's a lot of fucking blood being splattered around and they, they've got to clean themselves up so there's a lot of it's really clever out it's like one minute they're really dirty and they're doing this dirty thing, and they've got blood covered in blood. And, and she kind of, uh, was it Marin? She really cares about being clean all the time, where, like, Lee, is it Lee? I think uh, yeah. it's just uh, running around with fucking blood all over his fucking mouth and shit. And, but it's, it really does, again, it puts you in that place of, like, oh, really grimy and it's naughty. But let, we've got to get on to the elephant in the room, um, where she finally meets her mother which was fucking horrific so it seems like her mum has been put into uh, some sort of mental institution she put herself in yeah and and also throughout this whole kind of road trip you i don't know if you guys noticed but you see the sully character riding around in his van various occasions yeah, I bet if I watched it again, I, I really didn't pay attention to that. But yeah, I bet if I did, I'd see him. Which is freaky, man. Yeah. But yeah, so so they end up at, the, at this uh, uh, asylum kind of place where her mother has admitted herself. And what happens? Well, she arrives <laughs> and she's got, she's eating her own hands. By the looks of things, is that is that to stop her generally eating? I think, like, to stop it, like, uh, nipping it. But it's played by... Chloe, Chloe Savini, a very, you know, silent role from her. Um, but it's, it's a very, she's trying to learn something from her and she's just like, wow, this, my mum is just, what has she done? She's, she's not going to be able to help me at all. And in fact, go on. her limbs off to make sure she can't like escape or do it again. Yeah. Fuck. But she also doesn't want her daughter to be able to do anything because she fucking launches herself at, at the, uh, at she, the daughter. She knows, I mean, I guess that her mum knows what she is as well. Yeah. Is that correct? That's what I got from it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, she's in her journey to get to some kind of answers and some kind of assistance and help and um, is basically stripped away. And then it sort of goes a little bit downhill in terms of their relationship between, you know, Marin and Lee and she abandoned. They go separate ways, don't they? They do. Yeah. She runs away. I felt, I felt that because I, I I think that their relationship in it was quite believable. Yeah. When they split off, like he was generally fucking panicking, and then you see that he's actually like 
he actually goes through the film kind of going yeah i'm a bit cool and all this but then when she actually leaves him he's like fuck it's like a dog like a puppy dog he's like where's she gone where's she gone like feeling really vulnerable and stuff yeah you get to see the feel that he's lost um very much and sully comes back as he's always well comes back he's always been there but he he shows himself thinking that he can sort of bring her into her his fold and then he goes on he, he turns on a, a turns on a dime that but fucking yeah. scene is crazy that's acting master how the fuck they didn't get any awards for that i don't know I really yeah, don't. That, I, you're right and like the bit it's just the whole like he obviously sees them driving around together and obviously he's been sort of looking from afar and he, he obviously goes well i can be that person and obviously wants a companion which is a bit obviously weird as well. Like it, it stops from becoming one to be the father figure of something else. And then obviously when he's rejected, finally it's like, oh yeah, just a snap. It's oof. And again, you know, that's not going to be the last time you see him because the, how they end part ways is like, this is unfinished business. He's just kicked off. He's fucking angry. This is, this is not going to end well. Sully mad, Sully mad, Sully mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you do get that whole, and they get like a nice, it does go nice again like obviously like she like uh lee's got a, a sister and she there's a lot of information that's sort of flowed about his history that we learn um you know dealing with his dad etc and then he's like they they have that moment where they sort of embrace each other's tragedies fully and then they can just go across and they decide to be people let's go and be people that, that was such a bizarre line because it felt so estranged it felt so like they just don't you felt that they completely don't see themselves as like as people they see themselves as something completely different and let's go and pretend let's go and make pretend for a while basically it's, it's almost well, that's the thing it's just like they just want they want to relax away from it all don't they they want to get away from it and just i mean you know everybody doesn't use the word normal nowadays but they just want a bit of a respite from what they're doing and it's just like let's go and relax and just you know try the real the real life you know of the, the normal mundane person which they get on quite well with and it seems like they're quite happy yeah until fucking sully turns up again <laughs> <laughs> yeah and sully's the whole fucking situation the bastard that is just... a great job, you, you guys must have known that that was it's it's like it's like they're teeing this, you up mate it's like it's oh this is lovely she's got herself a little job and she loves books so she's got a job in a bookstore he's he's cool he's having like you know drinks and they're loving it and they're getting meals and takeaways and got a little flat it's beautiful everything's fine and they're finally think, relaxing in their skins but because of the i think the pace of the film because it is it is in places quite a slow film to be fair let's be honest but i don't know it sort of set me up for it ah they've been through all this shit and i'm sort of glad that they've sort of made it and i I, normally you'd be like yeah 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 yeah, seeing it it's obvious that something shit's gonna happen but i don't know i was sort of like oh yeah yeah and then fucking hell at the end just completely poleaxed us (laughs) there was so much darkness in that last scene and like and sorrow and and just like and more tragedy you know um i don't know if we should completely spoil the end um but the the loss of someone very important and and the, the sort of the way you sort of discover it it was all just so beautifully tied up um was well, it's, it's the classic kind of romeo and juliet ending isn't it it's just like kind of without without the yeah yeah crazy yeah oh. 
I was almost a little bit confused about it. I didn't know, like, because of the way they ended it with, like, a moment that they shared, like, looking across the, you know, vastness of America and stuff like that. It was quite interesting. I thought, oh, did he? Like, obviously, he didn't. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it was a beautiful ending, but also just, like, very tragic. It's just like, fuck. And, uh, you know, they probably fucked and they, she's probably pregnant. So just doing, you know, rub salt in the wound. Boards and all, too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, very, very Drumian. Beautiful movie. And um, I'm so glad I finally got around to watch it because it's just not something that I probably would have sought out, I think. So yeah, well done. Well done, Paul, for take, you know taking the bullet on that. <laughs> well, it was de- it was in my top 10 films last year that I saw. And I was relatively, I think it was November, December came out. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I caught it, to be honest. But uh, yeah. It's definitely worth a watch because I can't imagine. I don't think it did anything at the box office, so I, I definitely go and pick, uh, search it out if you've got Amazon Prime or. or yeah. it's, it's, is it out on physical, Matt? Is it? It's actually an exclusive to a store called HMV. Boom! Well, <laughs> pick Unbelievable. that up. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely, definitely worth a watch. So ratings, guys. Hundred percent. Oh, I don't know, like, is that one nine nine for me? It's, it's a top movie for me. Really, really 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 good um I lo- I'm, I'm, maybe i'm just a sucker for a coming of age movie but yeah this one was this one was great and it added you know that road element to it yeah really enjoyed it nine out of ten for me well i'm back and i can't believe i'm saying this i agree with butcher <laughs> nine out of ten for me as well i did i loved it i thought it was great so. yeah uh yeah nine out of ten for definite just yeah i loved it for was very different and very well acted and i enjoyed it a lot yeah bit of a different to warm bodies another romantic comedy to go and watch but uh... no, you have to spoil it didn't you? you have to spoil it you're on a high there wicked ah oh, draw one last breath bones and all nine out of ten fucking go and watch it definitely recommend okay i think we should move on to our something to scream about What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? So this week's something to scream about. Uh, it's the return, the eagerly anticipated return of everyone's favourite show and a definite... We should be getting money off them for the amount of times we mentioned it on this podcast, but... Black Mirror. <laughs> Paul, does, Paul does love to use the very Black Mirror-ish <laughs> quotes. <laughs> you need to get him a T-shirt printed with that on. He's going to catch me. But no, I mean... I'm going to get him a T-shirt that says, I am Black Mirror-ish. My life is Black Mirror-ish. <laughs> yeah, perfectly. <laughs> At the minute, mine is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so to be honest, uh, obviously we all love the show. Um, and this has come back the trailer sort of dropped a few weeks ago out of nowhere really it was sort of like oh it's out in a couple of months brilliant so um yeah and we're, we're sort of over the next couple of weeks we're going to go through the six episodes so we'll do them in two so we're going to do episode one and episode two a day so uh we'll kick it off with one i was a bit skeptical about lads if i'm not gonna not gonna lie when i read the synopsis i thought oh is it gonna be a strong start and it's all called joan is awful so what did you think I think they should have changed the title to Joan is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, Joan, Joan will shit in your fucking wedding. 
Um, starring Annie Murphy, Selma Hayek, Michael Sarah, among a, a plethora of others. Um, yeah, weird one. This, I mean, this is very. It's got the technology element, definitely. Um, um, very sort of like they really, really embracing this whole. Oh, we're on Netflix, by the way. We're on Netflix. Just Dream you know. Barry. Yeah, I know, but you know, it's 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 right in your face. Um, they're calling it Streamberry, the service, but like, yeah, we're gonna, everything's watching you, everything is listening, and because of that, we, there is something that we don't understand how it works, but it's making, using AI, which is just all over everything, and I, at the moment, it's creating lives of lives, a show of your everyday life. Fucking weird. I mean, it is it is very weird and again it has a you know it does have an interesting twist at the end not my favorite i'll admit that but it does go through um it does have a very social sort of like conscious sort of morals i suppose throughout but i just like the fact that she took a shit in a church so <laughs> there's one of your boxes ticked <laughs> i mean what this is about essentially is like right so joan is what we what we think at the moment is that she works at some uh, some company doing something and she's a bit of a cunt and uh, a mega cunt but a bit of a cunt and she, when she gets home from work one day they flick on the streaming and there's a new tv show called joan is awful and it's sort of like a slight embellishment of what happened to her during the day and some stuff that she's happened during the day is not so not so good so the reaction to her from a like partner when she sort of kind of cheated on him ish um everything sort of blown up and her she's played by selma hayek and then as it progresses she sort of like kind of like can't get rid of it so no one can there's like a you know read the fucking t this is like read your terms and conditions from whatever you're fucking signing everyone just how many times how many times (laughs) you just fucking have a pop-up and it's just oh yeah tick the box and do you ever read the t's and c's never <laughs> that and that was one of the one of my favorite scenes out of the whole thing was the actual bit where she goes into the lawyer and she's like what can i do to stop this happening to me nothing why because you've basically ticked that box and said yep they can use anything they want you're done you're bound to rights and they're, they're and how you know how do we know that we end doing that every time we slip on an update and it says do you agree tick the box terms and conditions don't read it back so like, yeah so she sort of uses that um and kind of right if i'm sam if sam hayek is playing me i'm gonna basically find the worst thing that i can do to embarrass sam hayek and see and basically kind of push it onto her because obviously, obviously <laughs> they've it's not Sam Hayek. It's all Sam Hayek has done is let them use her face. Yeah. <laughs> for anything they want, and not read her terms and conditions either. By the looks of it, because obviously I mean, after, after shitting in a church, she kind of wants out because <laughs> everyone's seen her shit in the church. So it's like, hang on, I don't want to see any. I don't want. That, everyone thinks that's me shitting in the church, and I, I, I didn't shit in the church. So get me out of it and they're like nope (laughs) well lads i fucking loved this i thought it was fucking genius 
Mm. I, do you know what? From obviously, there's not a lot of horror in it, but I the I thought was hilarious. Was I funny. thought Salma Hayek was fucking incredible in it. Like, you know, <laughs> coming out with lines like uh, saying uh, about her anus and stuff like it was just fucking brilliant. And the fact that she just she proper sent herself up, it was it was brilliant. Um, I loved the whole meta-ness of it. I think that when you've got Salma Hayek who's watching the show, Joan is awful, and it's Kate Blanchett yeah. playing <laughs> Salma Hayek. Mm. I thought it was just so clever. Um, and obviously then, like you, like you said, she takes a shit at the church and then Sam Hayek's trying to get out of this now because she's making herself look fucking stupid. And then they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. And then Sam Hayek and this Joan team up to storm the Streamberry headquarters. Can I just say, guys, I am amazed and I'd love to know if they know, right? Because I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix were like, ah, Black Mirror does really, really well. Fuck it, whatever you want to make. If they know they're being sent up, because Charlie Brooker must be sat there going, I'm just going to see. <laughs> like, you know, because the whole message is, you know, you're giving all your, we're living in a world now where you're just signing up to these services willy nilly for your entertainment. And actually, what eventually is going to make entertainment is people's lives. And the whole sort of like weird goes down that whole quantum computer, which again, sorry guys, spoilers, but when they go into the fucking, uh, place and they're on this little heist to destroy this computer this quantum computer and salma hayek says uh let's i want to kill this uh quan puta which is like <laughs> fucking what is a cunt in spanish is it i was like oh yes fairly well done <laughs> yeah i thought it was great do you want yeah. to spoil the twist or I mean, fuck it let's do it we're gonna spoil it you know go go watch these bad boys um we are gonna spoil the end a little twist because like that's more that's the fun of black mirror Annie Murphy from Shit's Creek is fucking fantastic in this as well. Um, what we learn from this fucking quantum computer <laughs> is that actually we're not watching the real Joan. And so what's happening is on another level, on the real level, there's another Joan <laughs> with Annie Murphy probably doing a team up. And it's like they're the ones that are either going to fucking destroy the, you know, the fucking quantum computer or whatever bollocks and then live on their lives. And then they have a nice little you know friendship afterwards we learn that it's selma hayek it's nothing to do with selma hayek and and uh annie murphy it's actually to do with annie murphy and the real joan which is so it's like levels level that was a nice touch that was a nice touch it went a bit batshit at the end though for me yeah. it did it did go i was like what the fuck's going on michael sarah what are you on about fucking did you not think it was just your fucking send-up though of every marvel movie at the minute yeah oh yeah I, like at the end just flooded with exposition yeah. it just uh, of course it makes sense Too much. Too much. <laughs> this is the multiverse what, what my head's gonna explode i don't understand time travel what the fuck it was easy when it was back to the future what happened because <laughs> obviously michael sarah went in it and as soon as he i saw him i was like is he is that michael sarah play michael sarah or is that so and he's like no he's just let my likeness to this and it was it just opened just the brain just went <laughs> but yeah uh, lads i did i thought i thought it was great and i was proper i was proper a bit like oh i don't know if i'm gonna like this one but i thought it was genius i really did i really did obviously not as horror as maybe would like but fucking hell the dangers of technology and you're laughing at it you're sort of laughing at it but you're going uh, are we that far away from that no <laughs> no again that's it always does challenge that sort of like with nosedive i was always thinking like that's around the fucking corner <laughs> I really do think like it's, it's just predicts 
what's going to happen. So, yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. That was um, episode one. <laughs> Matt, talk us through yeah. the talk us through Lock Henry. Bloody hell, where do I start with this one? So <laughs> here we are. We kind of like meet these two characters. I can't even remember the fucking names. So uh, you got you got David, isn't it? Pierre and Davis. Pierre and Davis. Right. Right. Okay. So they are what looks like they they're kind of like film students or you know making films and stuff and they're going to back to where he's from in scotland in a kind of like a little rural village in the middle of nowhere um to kind of pass through visit his mum and then go on to make a what sounded like the most boring documentary in the world um and then they find out that they go to the local pub and then they meet um old pod from daniel portman <laughs> yeah, from game of thrones which first of all i was like double take i was like huh i was like i recognize that guy and and we've met i've met him twice literally and didn't even realize it's him but he's he's fucking amazing it's like his acting in this and this script fucking was hilarious um and then they find then obviously they, they start finding out about um a kind of um a murderer that was um killing people yeah, because Pia makes a comment like, basically, this is like the most beautiful place, and it was. It was the most one of the scenic places. I'll like like let you talk about that. Uh, have you? I thought you'd about to be there, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably have. It's probably Loch Lomond or something like that. But anyway, Loch Henry. I don't know if Loch Henry is a real place, but whatever. But like, it was beautiful, and it. Um, and she's like, "Why the fuck is no one here? Why is your pub empty?" And he's like, "Well, funny you should say that. <laughs> a while ago, it was fucking booming, and then suddenly we had a load of tourists go missing." And it's like well, she's like, hang on, let's make a documentary on that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because originally they're in town for the egg farmer <laughs> documentary, yeah. which sounds thrilling. Yes. <laughs> and he's reluctant at first, isn't he? Because it was something to do with his dad as well, and it's like um, he didn't really want to upset his mum. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then it's like, should I really re really bring this stuff up? And she just convinced him to do it. Um, to kind of deal with those sort of emotions and deal with the father and he's you know they go through it and they they use all the as much and again this is like quite um technology vibe it's bringing back vhs's and editing and and doing all that sort of stuff to come come up with some kind of documentary um through only effort really is basically finding um previous footage and kind of putting it together um, to make something interesting, more interesting, and then maybe getting a few talking heads, which is kind of what generally these documentaries are on uh, on Netflix as well. It's kind of again, it's another dig. <laughs> Streamberry. <laughs> Streamberry. Um, yeah, and but um, fuck, this takes a a weird, weird dark turn. Paul, did you not see a coming? I can't. I didn't not the specifics of what is about to happen, but I I was like, there's something when they started telling the tale of the murder, I was like, well, that's not the murderer. And straight away, I was like, well, there's definitely something going to happen here. There's going to be now. Whether I thought I was sort of getting like a bit of sort of the town was a bit like all in cahoots with it. I knew that obvious that was the mother. I knew that. However, I didn't know. I didn't guess the dad part. 
I didn't guess the mum. I I sort of assumed that it was going to be sort of Wicker Man. There was some sort of, there was something more. They were going to unearth something um, more, you know, more um, sinister. And I mean, they did, but like it was um, not where I thought it was going to go, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, the Bergerac tapes. It was written, it was writing on the wall, really, wasn't it? You know, load of Bergerac tapes in a mum's house all lined up why the fuck are you keeping a load of vhs's <laughs> i mean yeah the, i think the first guy that they who, who sort of took a shot at his dad and he got mrsa and all this sort of stuff in the hospital that's why he died but they sort of it was all pinned on this one farmer wasn't it really um whereas kind of he was just kind of maybe an accomplice or just like in it in I a think kind of it's a bit simple, simple Paul. yeah i think yeah. And, then he's i think there was a bit towards the end where he was in like videos with them and they were sort of like taking the piss out of him and i think they did what they were doing to him at the end and obviously well they have a car accident and he he ends up in hospital with the davis guy um and then she's editing and it's that inevitable um they're using <laughs> they're using the bergerac tapes to film part of the documentary so you get that kind of classic moment where something appears at the the tape that you didn't record over and then <laughs> kinky fucking shit and it's not just this little dude it's a mum and dad and there's like they are fucking killing having what are they doing like probably the worst things you can think of to these people before torture sex games all sorts of weird shit yeah and she she the mum does something quite unexpected well, I, I loved that. I did. I thought it was fucking dark. So obviously you've got Pia is then like f- freaking out because she's really found out the real thing. She's got nowhere. She's got no phone signal. She's got nothing. The mum's like, oh, just stay here. She's like obviously twigged that what's happened. She legs it out the house and runs in the Scottish Highlands, just like in the pitch black, trying to escape this woman uh, who's then now looking for the car. Obviously Pia then tries to cross a river and slipped smashes her skull off a rock goes in the river and then you're like oh shit is she dead and i just thought it was really clever obviously his mother then goes back to the house and is obviously going well shit that's that's game's up now she's escaped she's gonna tell everybody so i'm just gonna kill myself and, and obviously hangs herself when she didn't actually she'd got away with it essentially again but she didn't know that i thought it was quite clever I did. I really did. Good little twist. Yeah. And it's... She not only kills herself, she leaves a note for the son to kind of finish the documentary with the rest of the fucking tapes. Yeah, here's my gift to you, son. I love you. This is fucked (laughs) up. Because not only does he find out his mum's a fucking psycho killer, he finds out his dad that he thought died of MRSA is a fucking psycho killer too. Um... Which I thought was clever, like when it continued to to be at the awards. And one thing I will say that I fucking loved that we skipped over was the little makeshift documentary that was just exactly like you would see on Netflix. Like it was so well edited. They even got a drone, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I thought you'd like that, Butch. Um, which was just fucking just genius. Because obviously the end of that now is that you know, it's all obviously, you know, you're looking for like social commentary and all this type of stuff. And he's sold, he's basically just went, 
I've got this horrendous backstory, but fuck it, I'm just going to give it to Netflix and make my, I've got a BAFTA now. You know, it's almost like, you can see at the end, he's sort of wrestling with that. But he's fucked. Everybody knows who I am now, but because my fucking dad and mum are some fucking, and obviously I've got this plaudits, but really, it's essentially Netflix now has made a shitload of money. They've made a load of profile off Stream. my family. Streamberry. Sorry. Streamberry. Which is why I'm a bit interested to see if that theme's going to go all the way through this series. I know it's a bit... I, I know you guys have seen a couple more, but it's just like, oh, is it all going to link up? Because did you notice... Did you see the little Easter eggs? One, and I I saw Mate Boy from Bandersnatch on, like, yeah. something. So, so his, his character's name like Ian or something was on there, like a tail something. There was a, a little thing for San Junipero on there. Oh, cool. And the documentary, when she was reading the nominations out for Best Documentary at the end, she mentioned Project Junipero. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and then Jordan's Awful was on there as well. Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, yeah so I thought that was quite clever, to be fair. Because I know some of them sort of don't mesh, but sort of do, some of them do. You know, the odd little very, nonsense. That was quite very, good to have straight clever. after Jordan's Awful. Keep that um, probably in your mind when you're watching the rest of the <laughs> episodes. That's all yeah. I'll say. Um, so, yeah, good first two start, to be honest. And it's made nice chatting about it, to be honest, because I wasn't sure how I felt about it, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, not a bad little start. Um, Joan is awful. And I don't even know what this one's called. Oh, Lock Henry. So we've got what? We've got um, next time we will probably we will discuss um, what the one with Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett, I'm guessing. Um, and uh, Maisie. Beyond the Sea. Beyond the Sea and Maisie Lane, I think it's called, um, which I don't think any of you have seen yet, have you? You've seen, you've seen Beyond the Sea, haven't you, Matt? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm quite looking forward to the last episode, just because of the title. So, uh, yeah, Demon 79. <laughs> Sounds right up our street. So, yeah, no spoilers, Paul. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, very much enjoying We're it. We're going to wrap this up before yeah. spoilers get put out. Season six. Black Mirror, so that was very cool. Um, yeah, enjoyed them both. So we'll be back for next episode. We'll be we'll discuss Beyond the Sea and uh, Maisie Lane. Uh, let us know what you feel about the first two episodes. Give send us some shit, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. Um, cool. Right. I suppose we better move on to our movie from the vault. streets it's 36 feet long it weighs over 2,000 pounds and it's about to break out you're looking at the one who saw it and it was big you said it was dark now perhaps you're mistaken half that size would starve in a week. He kept coming up with some garbage about alligators in the sewer. Alligators in the sewer? Once it escaped, there was 
no way to stop it. The public is my job. It could be anywhere. There he is. Ready to attack at any moment. Well, I've seen what this animal can do. You'd better take all the help you can get. Believed it. Now, no one will forget. Alligator. Boom, bitch. <laughs> alligator, 1980. It's my fucking pick, and I picked Alligator with Robert Forster. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, actually, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not reading IMDb this time. Alligator in the sewers gets dropped down a sewer, becomes fucking big through some kind of dog mutilation kind of experiments and kills a fucking buttload of people through an hour and a half. Come on. That's actually word for word the IMDB. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I watched this a lot when I was a kid. This is one that was like, I don't know why I was fucking obsessed with watching this. Almost as good as, like, Jaws, it was just on. Let's watch Alligator again. This is fun. Watching the Alligator just storm around eating people. Um, yeah, I, I will compare it to Jaws. <laughs> um, this is, so uh, yeah, this is, uh, I loved watching this as a kid. I watched this quite a lot. So, let's have Matt. Matt, Matt you go first. <laughs> You, are you sure you want me to go first? Yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely love this movie. Of course you fucking did. Of course you fucking did. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. I loved it. It's so funny as well. It, it was funny. You've got to give it what it is. Because what it's line just is like, great? It is what it is. It's basically fucking just ripped off chores to the fucking max. <laughs> Right. And it's just gone. What can we do? And there's a bunch of bored men in a room going, right. What can we do? What can we do? Alligator. Fucking there's this thing going around is like kids are putting out uh, baby alligators down the toilet. And uh, there's this big fucking thing about big alligators eating people. Fucking sounds brilliant. Let's just make one big alligator, though. And he's going to fucking be really fast and fucking like just eat loads of people. Loads of people. <laughs> the death count in this movie is quite impressive. Uh, surprised to be fair. Okay, I'd be interested. Mr. Oh, Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well. I always like to think I'll bring you back down to fucking earth, right? So obviously I've never seen this before. I thought I'd seen this before way back when, but I, I definitely haven't. Um, and I, I sort of kind of wish I had seen it as a kid. Um, but fuck me. Steven Spielberg, get your lawyers round, sue the <laughs> ass off them for fucking plagiarism. 
I mean, I mean, you don't have to because it's completely inferior in every way to Jaws. But Jesus Christ, even the opening fucking lettering of the bloody uh, credits was Jaws. <laughs> I was like, hang on, what I'm about to watch here? And literally, the story beats, the story beats, and when they reveal the uh, alligators, sort of the same way they reveal the shark, like don't, 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 and then all of a sudden, um, but yeah, just done really poorly. And do you know what, right? I love Robert Foster. I think he's fucking amazing. But Jesus, this must be a bit of a blot on his CV. Um, but, but yeah, but guys. The, the acting weren't bad. No, the acting, the guy, it, it had Vincent Gatso from great. The Godfather as well. So it had fucking uh, Clemenza from The Godfather. Robin Riker. I thought she was genius. <laughs> yeah, as the expert. Um, as the Matt Hooper <laughs> role in the film, yes. It even had a shit quint. <laughs> He was, he, was, yeah. he, was, he was a shit queen. Oh, my God. We'll get on to that later. Don't Craven the dodgy hunter. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, but yeah, lads, Craven, I mean, fucking I will, agree, I will agree. There are a couple of very funny bits of this. I actually, it did make me laugh. Yeah, it's funny. And do you know what? At least it didn't got the fucking alligator, right? I mean, I love, yeah. you know, I'm going to I'm not going to slag off Jaws because Jaws is my, my favorite movie. But the alligator in this. It's impressive. And do you know what? The special effects, because they did it so well, really stack up to today. It doesn't feel dated in any way. It feels fucking cheesy and just like, uh, it filled me with joy watching this again. It's just that stupid fucking alligator going around. I think it's brilliant. And the stupid moments they come up with and the uses of actual alligators intertwined. You know, at least they got that right. They learned from Spielberg. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like Matt said, loads of board members not really understanding. Not well, that's not hard. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying, it was like, let's just make a film about an alligator that attacks people because the shark one worked. Why wouldn't an alligator one work? But not actually understanding the nuances of actually that film. Um, but yeah, yeah but you think about what they're doing now after Cocaine Bear, another re- renaissance of these fucking movies. This is exactly why. I mean, it took five years, but I just I respect it so much. I respect it so much. <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised because I, I wanted to look up the budget. It was $1.5 million budget because I was like, there is a lot of effects and a lot of like little explosions and, you know, there must have been a lot of mechanics involved and, you know, stuff like that. So many unnecessary, like, cop cars going flying and cars going flying. Just blowing up randomly. It's like, we got a bit of budget lad, here, lads. We're only making a fake uh, allocation. Should we just blow up a few cars? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, lads? Obviously, at the start, you get introduced to this girl who gets a pet alligator. <laughs> like, that's a thing, anyway. But gets a pet alligator from this dodgy pet alligator salesman. All the rage in the 80s. Right? Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, like, gets it, puts it in a tank, calls it, hilariously calls it Ramon. Ramon. Reza Ramon. And then, obviously, her dad comes in, who is an abusive father. I mean, just comes in in a proper rage and decides that he wants to flush his little daughter's <laughs> alligator down the toilet is that is the alligator in this film ramon yes it is yeah well, we yeah we are led to believe yeah yeah because i didn't i didn't know if it was but then obviously she mentions that she had a pet one and it died when she came home one day or something because that's what the dad said he was going to say when she got home but yeah sorry that was just wondering. She, she grew up fit <laughs> She grew up in or, or as he said, um, nice tits. <laughs> yeah. Robert Forrester's a bit of a bastard in this at some stage, you know, doesn't he? he doesn't... Well, 
He he plays as copper, right? He's he's a bit rough around the edges. He's lost a former partner, and he's uh, in a pet shop by a uh, fucking buying a new dog because he's lost his Lazarapso. Very very manly. <laughs> what the fuck is a Lazarapso? It's a little fluffy dog with a little fringe, and it's like <laughs> little little fluffy ones. They're cute, but you know, at least let him have like fucking like. Like a police dog or something. Yeah, this is the 80s, man. Aren't they <laughs> cheap? He bought that dog for $15. I feel cheap. The pet shop order was very questionable, though. Nedry. Wow. I always like to feel, compare him to Nedry from Jurassic Park. Is it Nedry? Is that his name? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. But they, he definitely killed his dog, didn't he? Because he was like, when he called it, oh, yeah, he got stolen outside the market. And he's like, oh, and he might as well have some music going. <laughs> <laughs> literally so this pet guy this guy who owns a pet shop is literally getting dogs and fucking finding them on the streets and giving them to a pharmaceutical company um that are doing tests on them and he's also got to take get rid of the carcasses which he's shoving down the toilet this the experiments i'm gathering from it because i didn't really get this before are like some kind of chemicals and that's kind of added it's a growth hormone for cattle so to to, this is the problem right this is i was like it's hilarious that this film has created this really shady pharmaceutical company whose sole goal in life is to cure world hunger (laughs) (laughs) it's like well i get that they're doing the wrong thing but it's the right thing it's not like they want to take over the world and it's just like well you know there's a world hunger crisis so we've got a yeah, so it's, they've pumped them full of this growth hormone and then they're shoving it down in the sewer. And then obviously little Ramon is eating these dogs and just getting himself a hedge. <laughs> I mean, 15 years of growth. And he is a big fucker. He is a, he is a unit. He's big. He's big. He, is a, he is a unit. And he does take out and we get, you know, and they start, obviously um, Robert Forster's character starts investigating, uh, you know, sewer workers going missing and he he's lost a partner and they loses another partner <laughs> i like that guy i like the cop he was quite funny he had good, some good banter didn't need to lose him kelly his name is wasn't it the tobacco chewing kelly yeah i love Aww. that he's just chewing tobacco and spitting it everywhere it's like what <laughs> i did like that uh ramon left legs for the police to find didn't like the leg like to bite them off but spit them out <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then, like, <laughs> there's some there's some great characters that needed to die, and they do kill them. I quite enjoyed that. Like the journalist was a prick; he definitely needed to die. See you down the sewer, and then you get again another Jaws moment. <laughs> yeah. The camera again. <laughs> the music. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> do you know what I quite liked though? There was little bits of the snout. So it's like I will tell you what we'll do: we'll put a little snout, snout in camera. there, just move it from side to side. That's all we need. <laughs> don't even need you know sometimes you don't even need a, the alligator we'll just walk it down looking really boisterous and that would like represent the cat I, I respect that <laughs> um how right now how i know this is the film to be discussing plot holes guys right a sewer probably is about six feet at least underground let's be honest not in america no, no, they're, big, they're big in America, man. Bigger. They're huge. Have you never seen? Yeah, well, I just remember that. You know that scene in Ghostbusters too, where they get lowered down. Ghostbusters. That's a good what, twelve feet, probably twenty feet, whatever. How the fuck is a crocodile meant to bash through the pavement 
a crocodile or an alligator. Sorry, an alligator. alligator. Yes, that was, yeah. that, that was, we'll a, get thin, that was a thinner bit. That was a thinner bit of the sewer. Oh, right, it's that's strong, isn't it? Because he's been like eating all that fucking growth thing. He's really strong. What did he stand up on his tail and then launch himself up? Is that what he did? Yeah. He, he can do things that normal alligators. He probably know. crawled up. Probably, that one little, probably a little ledge underneath or something. He crawled into uh, and yeah, just yeah. busted yeah. through it. Yeah? I mean, you know, sometimes <laughs> there is an answer there, Paul. Just yeah. get over it. Sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes the alligator is smaller than it is, and sometimes it's big. <laughs> I did like it though when it came out and the kids who were playing the softball game were just like staring at it. <laughs> just go, wow, look at that big alligator. <laughs> oh, and and the worst thing, that poor copper comes around the corner and almost another comedy moment. He's like, Whoa, <laughs> oh, there's a kid in the road. Ah! And then spins the car and thinks, oh, I got out alive. And then gets like, just run, run away from it. It's not going to catch you. Run. No, Steve li- li- lays there and gets his fucking ass munched. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, how he survives the crazy 80s A-team car flip explosion is beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big fucking explosion. Fine, not a scratch. Just gets I, out. Oh, shit. Just yeah. going back slightly, I did like the scene where, obviously, the, the tactic is we're going to put all the police in the different bits of the sewer and we're going to, like, close it in. And then they're obviously handing out all the weapons and then that copper just picks up a fucking bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Standard issue. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? We do need a we do need a bazooka a bazooka cop. Have we got any trained cops that are trained in the uses of bazooka? Charlie over there, he can use one. Yeah, Charlie, get your bazooka out. Now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... You laughed at me when I went on that course. You fucking <laughs> laughed at me. But for now, I'm using a bazooka against an alligator. So who's fucking laughing now? It's so good. So good. It's so funny. Another really funny bit was when he's like literally trying to get uh, like the the chief officer which is the standard chief officer with the really stressed out old guy and he's just getting really stressed out yeah and and he's there's about four cops in the bushes in the background he's like what the hell are you doing in the bushes it's not gonna be in the goddamn bushes (laughs) i love it clearly just cast him to get some credibility i mean there's another i think um there's another good line find that alligator and kick its ass yeah, it's been but like you know there's some dark bits in this as well i mean you know the the classic alligator in the pool <laughs> push the fucking kid in see ya that, that we I mean, covered that bastards. we covered that didn't we on um your favorite uh, creature kills or something yeah. like that it's creature yeah. kills it's a cla- that was like for long because i was like oh shit that was dark really dark because i was like oh okay just fucking no throw that in there no one's safe and the wedding safe (laughs) the the wedding the wedding scene is just fucking nuts that tail is just being coming into great use flip it you know they they got stuntmen going left right and center again like with that who could do a flip (laughs) (laughs) falling into the pool and and the rich guy can't get away with it (laughs) the mayor gets it oh yeah crushed in his own car yeah that they're kind of like pharmaceutical owner but I, I did like i did like the couple of like you know little token kind of like people that they kill so it's like there's a, a waiter that gets munched and then there's like some sort of little french maid which is really weird <laughs> he just chomps her i'm like can't these people just run 
No, you've got to push the bride in the pool, so that's important. Everyone needs to run and get. Well, she's got to wear a garter as well. You've got to get yeah. out and show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I'll tell you one bit we have brushed past. I'm, well, I'm going to go back, and 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 this is like this is this is your plot holes. It's like somehow we need to get some sort of bomb element into our movie. How are we going to do this? We've forgotten to get the bomb element. Now, we know we're going to blow up the alligator. We know we're going to try and do that. But we need to get some... Oh, shit, yeah, we forgot about that. I know, I know. Let's get an actor to come into the precinct and pretend he's going to blow it up. Perfect. Bob, <laughs> you've got Rays. <laughs> you know that's fucking what happened. Yeah. The well, I do love like, about shit, it, though. How are we going to get a bomb yeah. in this? Yeah. Well, yeah, what I do love is, though... <laughs> Obviously, to deal with it, gets arrested. Where are you going to put the dynamite? I just stick it on the evidence shelf. Didn't worry about it. <laughs> no, because it was just a radio, it wasn't it? It's locked with the tiniest little key. Yeah, there's a radio. There was dynamite. They're the two things he picked up. When he Obviously, you're off the force. That was all that was in there as well, was the dynamite yeah. and that. <laughs> oh, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want us to do with this dynamite we took off this uni bomber? Oh, just stick it on the shelf back there. Don't worry about it. We'll sort it out later. <laughs> the hot the hot fuzz moment. Yeah, it's, honestly, just just oh. perfect. Next to Charlie's bazooka, just put it there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. I mean, like, the finale's pretty decent as well, obviously. Like, you know, it's gonna. There's some boat flips as well, like proper police academy stuff going on as well, man. In terms oh, of, like, I put in my notes, stumpy boatman, because like I oh. love the reaction of the, the the policeman that Paul. Did you watch the reaction? Go watch it again. You'll piss yourself because when he pulls the guy, I was like, he's gonna have no legs, and literally his two little stumps are wiggling, and the look on the guy's face is like, no, you gotta make it look a bit more surprised. He's like, oh my god. Oh. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> I mean, for not. Well, let's talk about Quint dying. Oh, oh sorry, uh, the dodgy hunter. So this this alligator is a very clever alligator because it lured him down an alley with some clever shadow work. <laughs> <laughs> and then, in the time it took the guy to walk into the alley, managed to hide in the bin bags, <laughs> rearrange all the bin bags to make sure he didn't know where he was hiding. <laughs> Before hey. he jumped out and got him, it was brilliant. You can just in, sit. I was like, he's in the fucking bin bags, but how he's, he's got not, in there, no one will ever know. Not very long, is he? Slivered in there. No, it's not that long. And and he's the world's number one smarmy perv, isn't he? As well, he tries oh, to crack yeah. it on with the fucking guy's girlfriend, and then that whole scene where he's getting interviewed by the news. Oh, you're a very pretty girl, but we're not here to talk about you. We're here to talk about the alligator. And this is the sound an alligator makes. I'm going to use that sound to lure it out. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick my finger up. I'm going to stick my finger up his butthole. That'll really piss him off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, and then they just blow it up jaw style. (laughs) Yeah, but the the blown up the thing, right? And again, it's just like, right, we're going to blow it up. How are we going to blow it up? Well, we'll blow it up in the sewer. We'll get him to do the bomb. Cool. We'll do a dramatic countdown. What? So he's just going to stay there for two minutes what, and look at the bomb while it blows up. Now, what we'll do, because he's a crocodile, right? 
we'll, we'll get this comedy moment where the guy tries to escape, but someone's parked a car over the manhole. I like that. I like that idea because it, it added to the intense. It's like, oh no, he's fucked because some dickhead's parked on top, and that could happen. You know, some old, yeah, some old dear who won't move. Who won't move? She won't move yeah. What are you doing? I'll just the wait. classic, the classic garbage truck. Get yeah. out of my way. <laughs> the fact Robert Riker just like basically just pushes the yeah. driver. Just get out of the way. <laughs> she's like the most useless part in in this, isn't she? Really, she does. She doesn't have much to do at all. Well, she gets treated like shit. They have sex yeah. blatantly, and then like the next day they're having breakfast. And he's like, "Fuck off, love. I'm just depressed again." And then next day she's back. <laughs> that that was really right. I didn't even get what was happening about I I because when he sat there and, he, and, and the next scene is he sat next to this like woman that's chatting to him like and then he asks her name. I'm like, who the fuck is this woman? And then I realised it's that fucking the mum. I didn't even get that. I was like, why is he talking to some random fucking old lady? <laughs> I had no idea who she was. Oh, it's a good movie. It's fun. You admit it. You've had a great chat about it, Paul. I feel, I feel like we changed your mind. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I, I didn't say I ten, hated ten it. I just said it's a fucking Jaws ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he knows it. Um, you got any facts for us, Matt? Oh, I've got plenty of facts. You ready for these? I don't, yeah. I don't know if you're ready. So, Raymond, the often malfunctioning animatronic alligator <clears throat> used in the film was later donated to the Florida Gators of the University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida. As a team mascot, Raymond made several appearances before games and during halftime. So they had the same problem as the Jaws guys that kept breaking down. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Brian Cranston worked on the film as a production assistant for the special effects department. Wow. That's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Um, the shot of the SWAT team emerging from the sewers in the film looks so real that people actually thought that they were terrorists and some some even called the police. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to the director, Lewis Teague, or Teague um, the film was supposed to be scored by James Horner, who actually wrote a full-on score for it, However, due to a strike, he could not record his score, so he was replaced by another composer. Joe Dante was offered the job of director for this film, but turned it down. Wow. <laughs> well, he did Piranhas, did, did Piranhas, didn't he? He did Piranha, yeah. yeah. Another, another great one. To watch. Um, <laughs> screenwriter John Sayles also wrote uh, Roger Corman's Battle Beyond the Stars in 1980, released in 1980, the same year as this film, during this period. Um, Sales also wrote the first draft of a script for Steven Spielberg, known as Night Skies, which was never made, but helped inspire E.T., the extraterrestrial in 1982, which includes a mention about alligators in the sewers. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The basic premise of this film was inspired by a popular urban legend from the 1960s, when a mail order company which advertised in comic books sold thousands of baby alligators to kids whose parents often flushed them down the toilet. And there we go. Um, (laughs) So, Marissa never encounters a giant alligator, never finds out 
it was actually Raymond, her former childhood pet from 12 years ago in 1968, and never finds out that her father had angrily flushed him down their toilet and into the sewers in the first place, thus unwittingly settling the whole entire story into motion. And yeah. total, I was surprised, I don't know if this is real, apparently there's only a total of 13 kills in this. 13, so... I don't right. believe that. But there's a lot. I mean, there was like, okay, so there, it felt a lot. Like the kid um, that you see, there's like the sewer worker, uh, Kelly. A cop uh, in the car. Yeah, the cop, the cop in, in the, the car. Did he die? Because the, even, oh, yeah, the cop, could still be alive. He, even the cop that he bites his leg off, he pisses off. The cop's True. still screaming on the floor. 13 probably feels, in the end, probably feels all right. It's not bad. Not bad. Probably People... a cop. There's about three at the wedding. So 13 kills probably about right. Yeah. That's good. How, how are you rating this? Then Matt, let's go to you first. Well, I enjoyed this. I really did. Uh, I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. That's fair. Cool. <laughs> I did. I enjoyed it just because I thought it was fucking funny as fuck. Yeah. And it knows what it's doing, and it just like fucking ran with it, and it's just funny. Well, I just found it really funny and entertaining. Fair play. I've enjoyed talking about it more than I actually enjoyed watching it, lad. So um, I'm gonna I give think it. You would have liked it more if you watched it with us. Probably, yeah. That would have been the experience and not the film. So I'm not, I'm not fucking giving the film extra points just because fucking we'd have had a good laugh around it. Um, again, though, like this is definitely a film with nostalgia factor. If you'd have watched it as a kid, it would have been right up there with fucking everything else you watched. So um, I'm getting an extra point because I've had a nice chat about it, and actually it is quite funny. So I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. <laughs> oh no! No, 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 no. <laughs> And that goes and on this is my last ever appearance on the draw one last press. Before. I mean, it's an eight. It's, it's an eight for me. It's a decent movie. It's not one of my. It's, I did watch it a lot, but it's 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 aged pretty well. It's aged pretty well, but it's a, it's a good fun movie. Eight out of ten, I think, is fair. I've got a question for you. Have you seen Alligator: The Mutation? The second one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's on, and it's on Shudder as well. So if you want to, you know, get that. It's again good fun. Not as big a budget, but you know. <laughs> oh, <shame. laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> It's not as good as Jaws 2. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, Alligator. 8 out of 10. Brilliant. <laughs> He's a fucking bastard. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So moving on to the next episode is Matt's pick. What you got? What you got for us? So I am going to pick a movie that is 50 years old. And it's going to be, huh? What did you say, said shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. It is 70, 73. 73. We are going well to be watching. <laughs> fucking hell, maps. We are going to be watching The Wicker Man. Oh. <sighs> Nicholas Cage, yeah? <laughs> Was his name Peter uh, Woodward? Edward Woodward? Edward Woodward? Edward Woodward? Edward Woodward? Oh, great, mate. A classic. A cult and classic. Who else is in that movie? Christopher Lee. Correct. And some uh, bird with an ox out. Way! Um, Brett Eklund? <laughs> is it Brett Eklund? That's right, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like a carry on. <laughs> it's a bit like a carry on movie, really, isn't it? So. Oh, where's Dan? Dare you? 
How dare you? Cool. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. I don't think I own this one. Can, where can I watch this one? I don't think I have a copy. <laughs> yeah. I'll borrow, I'll borrow one off Dan. The werewolf Dan will give me one at the weekend. So he's bound to have a deal. I'll give you the Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Wicker Man. Right. That's awesome. Episode 132 done. Thank you so much again for listening. It's good to have Geordie Paul back on the podcast. And um, yeah, moving on to episode 133. We, again, done, <laughs> we're going for a bit of a dry patch in terms of movies out. Insidious six or five is out in a couple of weeks so we'll probably watch that in a in a couple of episodes time but yeah we'll be searching out if anyone's got any ideas or anything that they want us to have a review let us know and we'll give it give it a crack it's your chance we've got a lull if we don't we'll find something pathetic i mean there is run rabbit run coming out on netflix which you know it's got promise so there we go we'll do a couple more episodes of uh, black mirror uh beyond the sea and something marvel may i can't remember the bloody name and uh matt has just pulled absolute classic out of the vault the wicker man amazing and with that there's only one more thing to say when there's no more room in hell here's another podcast